been a tremendous blessing uh, to be in the Mission Conference this year. Uh, tremendous spirit, great singing, great fellowship, wonderful cooking. Uh, it seems like every place that I have been uh, this week to eat, so far as a family who invite us over, uh, it's, it's been truly uh, delicious cooking. I also want to express uh, my gratitude once again to uh, Brother Philbrick for inviting me to come back and uh, to be able to share with you what God is doing both in Haiti and the Dominican Republic. As you mentioned, it's been 20 years since now my wife and I and kids, we're serving God together. Uh, one of the greatest blessings uh, to my heart is to see how the men of our church uh, has grown spiritually uh, to the point that if I need to leave for two to three months as a missionary to come to the state to travel, to visit churches, to give updates, I don't have to go elsewhere uh, to beg the churches uh, to send somebody to fill in the pulpit for me. But our man has grown spiritually. Uh, Sunday morning, one of our deacons, he's doing a great job. His name is Joseph. Uh, in fact, today he uh, called me and gave me some updates and some of the, uh, if you would, conflicts, as uh, some of the church members have, a little bit of arguments here and there, and how he's uh, taking care of that, and then kind of give me the assurance that he's got everything under control, and then preaching, you know. And then Sunday night, uh, another one of our young men, his name is Jimmy. Uh, his mom is a witch doctor, and dad is a witch doctor, uh, but got saved at a revival meeting. And then uh, I'm going to jump in with all of his heart and his mind, spirit, and soul. Uh, don't want to go back. And uh, the mom and dad saw the change in his life. And one time, uh, the mom saw me on the street, so winning. She literally came and, and gave me a hug and just really widened my wrist, just hold, just hold me there, thanking me for taking Jimmy underneath my wing. Uh, she understand where he is uh, under the power and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Is, is a lot better for him than to serve Satan, if you would, with his life. And so uh, I, I, my hope is someday uh, she'll get saved herself, and then she will come to the church and serve Christ with her life. But you see Jimmy today, uh, he is really my right-hand man in the church. Um, there was a little bit of conflict with now. There is a little bit of conflict between the Dominican Republic and Haiti. As a result, the two million Haitians that are living in the Dominican Republic, they have anxiety, uh, they have a little bit of fear, and their mind and heart, and especially dealing with immigration, a lot of injustice is being done. But Jimmy, uh, today I sent him with a couple men in our church to the Human Rights Office, uh, and I, 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 I'm able to dictate him exactly uh, what to say, what to ask for, uh, what we need, and the problem we've been facing. And to see him able to handle that, and then to get great results, if you will, from that. And then Thursday night, another young man, his name is Barnell, again, got saved in our church, went out to plant a church, and to see his Christian maturity uh, on his own, to go out and look for property and to be able to lease a piece of property for this new church, and then him negotiating and uh, putting, if you would, the contract together, and simply send that to me, and I can just kind of verify it, make sure that it's good. Truly, it is, really, God is doing a work, as Brother Timothy mentioned. Uh, you may not see it, it's, 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 it's happening. Um, it's just a matter of faith. And then it's wonderful to see in Zambia. Uh, God is working worldwide. 
And a lot of times you, you, don't, you, don't, you don't see it, you don't know it, uh, but he is. And then so I hope by faith you know that the gospel of the Lord Jesus is really the answer to a sick and dying world. I want you to open your Bibles with me. We're going to go in the book of Genesis, a well-known uh, passage in the Bible, uh, Genesis uh, 24. I will read for you in verse 1. You, you may be seated. Um, I, will, I will read about five verses, and then I'm going to pray, and then I'll get into, if you would, the introduction of the message. Uh, this is what the Bible says in Genesis uh, chapter 24 and verse 1. And Abraham uh, was old and well stricken in age, and the, Lord, uh, 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 and, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. And Abraham said unto his, his eldest servant of his house that ruled over all that he had, Put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh, and I will make uh, thee swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of the earth, that thou shalt not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell. But I shall go unto my country and uh, to my kindred and take a wife unto my son, Isaac. Let's pray and then I get into the introduction. Father, thank you uh, so much tonight for the joy, the privilege that we have to uh, once again come, as Brother Philbrick mentioned, on a Friday night, an emission conference, a tremendous crowd, great a, a group of people, tremendous spirit. We've heard some tremendous preaching messages already. So we ask and pray tonight you will, you will continue to do uh, what you have already begun to do. And we will, we will be, uh, Father, grateful for it. We will give you glory and honor and praise for it. In Christ's name we, and we pray. Amen. In Genesis uh, 24, uh, we see Abraham sent one of his uh, servants on a difficult journey. The servant was the oldest in Abraham's house. He ruled over all that Abraham had, which means he was the most faithful servant that Abraham had, if you would, in his home. So Abraham made this servant uh, swear uh, something that was very important to him. That is, before he sent him on this mission. The thing that was important to Abraham uh, was that he, Abraham, did not want his servant, this servant, who was responsible for everything in his home, which meant if he was to die, I do not believe necessarily prematurely, because Abraham was well in age, this servant will be the one who will take complete control over all that Abraham had until, if you would, his son Isaac will take complete control, if you would, from the servant. So Abraham did not want this servant to take a wife for Isaac in the land of Canaan. What Abraham wanted was for this servant to go back all the way to his homeland, his country, among his relatives, and they get a wife, if you would, for Isaac. 
This was surely a difficult mission for the servant because of one reason. The woman had a free will, which means she may choose on her own to refuse to uh, follow the servant back to, if you would, Canaan, even though the servant might come, if you would, across her. The servant understood that uh, uh, this is the reason. He said uh, in verse 5 to Abraham, Preadventure, the woman will not be willing to follow me unto, unto this land. Must I need bring thy son unto the land from whence thou camest? In other words, if she refused to follow me uh, to come back to the land, if you would of Canaan, shall I take Isaac back, your son, to your homeland, and, and there uh, find him a wife, and if you would settle and able to live a good family life? Abraham's answer uh, was, uh, 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 no. Even if the woman didn't uh, refuse to uh, follow you, uh, you back, uh, to Canaan, don't you ever uh, take my son back, if you would, to uh, the land uh, of the Chaldees. And verse 6, uh, part of the reason is because of the promise of God in Abraham's life. Uh, part of the reason is because of the covenant that Abraham knew that he had, if you would, with God. Once he lived, if you would, his homeland, his bridges was burnt be, be, be behind him, which means he's not going to ever go back. Now he's looking forward into the land of promise uh, to be fulfilled, if you would, in his life. And so uh, this was vital unto him to get that request to the servant. We're not going back. We must remain where we are. Or we must, if you will, go forward. Don't you ever go back, if you will, to that place again. But don't be afraid uh, to take uh, the journey as Abraham continued his uh, uh, conversation with the servant in regard to giving him uh, security, and to, to, to give his mind ease on the fact that this mission is difficult, yes, but you are not going to fail. Uh, the Lord, Abraham said, God of heaven, which took me from my father's house and from the land, if you would, of my kindred, which uh, spake unto me and swear unto me, who said unto thy seed, will I give this land? He, the living God of heaven, shall ascend his angel before thee, and thou shalt take a wife unto my son. Uh, in other words, uh, Abraham understood the, the, the concern, if you would, of this uh, servant. And so he wanted to put his mind at ease. He wanted to, if you would, give him uh, a peace of, of, of mind and, and rest, if you would, in his soul. Uh, don't be afraid. Uh, God is with you. You're not going to fail. Uh, his angel is on the way. He, his angel is on the path. And even if the woman, he says, uh, did decide not to follow you back to this land, and Abraham told him, you are no longer under this obligation. So from verse 9 to 14, I'm going to paraphrase quite some of the uh, outline for the sake of time. The servant took the journey. The, 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 the whole time he was on the journey, 
Now he is praying along the path, along the way, that God would lead him and guide him. He, he understood, if you would, the, the, uh, the, the necessity of God's spirit, God's angel, God's power leading him along this path this way. Otherwise, it is impossible for this mission to be accomplished. In verse 15, when the servant got to Abraham's homeland, finally, he, the Bible says, specifically prayed that God would lead or, if you would, would bring the woman, if you would, unto him. Remember, the thing that makes it so difficult about the mission, he cannot just get any woman. This woman had to come from Abraham's kindred's house. And this fellow has never been to the land, if you would, of the Chaldees. He has no idea where this family lives. So the only, if you would, hope he's got is the angel of God will lead and guide him along the path. And so as he got back, the Bible says, uh, this well, there he stood. And then he specifically prayed, asking God to bring, if you would, this, if you would, a woman unto him. Verse 16 to 20, when the servant stood there and the Bible says, while the words were still in his mouth, while he was still praying, asking God to bring this woman unto him, 16 to 20, he comes, a young lady. Her name is Rebecca. And this lady, young lady, is actually relatives of, if you would, Abraham, and uh, if you would, relatives of Sarah, and God brought the uh, woman to the servant uh, 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 so much that in verse 21, uh, the servant could not uh, believe what he was seeing, what he was watching. Could this be true? Verse 22 to 27, when the servant discovered that indeed, uh, if you would get back, Rebecca, if you would, uh, is Abraham's relatives. The Bible says he bowed down on his, uh, his head. His, he bowed his head. He worshiped God as he gave glory and honor to the God of heaven uh, because uh, the mission now is a success. Uh, this was good news. Uh, Abraham will be happy when he heard, if you would, about this. Hey, listen to me now. Uh, the servant began to get excited. He could not wait to get up and go back, if you would, uh, to, his own, to his homeland and then to take this news back to his master. That, yes, the God you serve led me. Yes, the God you worship was there with me. Yes, God make it, if you would, all possible. Yes, this is, if you would, the woman, uh, this uh, servant was so excited. He worshiped. He gave glory and honor to the God in heaven. Verse 28 to 50. After the servant went and met, if you would, uh, Rebecca's family and relatives and brother. And then he explained to them the mission he was, if you would, involved in. The impossibility of the mission. He explained to them what God has been doing with Abraham. Blessed him. And then how he became wealthy and rich. He's got a son who is in need of a wife. And how that he did not want want him to marry any woman in the land. He had to have a woman from his own kindred. Everybody in the family, they, they, may I say they home, they were all speechless. They all agree. This was of God. And they gave the servant the green light. He is Rebecca. Take her and go home with her. But there's something they ask the servant to do for them. They told him to please give them 10 days with Rebecca so they can enjoy themselves, so they can have fellowship with her one more time. 
So they can maybe give you some hogs and, I don't know, maybe play some games and eat some good cooking and then give you a farewell, if you would, au revoir in the French word. But I like what the servant said. The answer the servant gave, uh, if you would, was in 50, verse 56, seeing that God has prospered my way, don't hinder me from taking this good news back to my master. Don't make me stay longer than I have to. Please send me away. They granted him his desire, his, if you would, request. They hold him not back. They agree with him. Yes, you got good news. Something is excited in your soul. You can't wait until you go back to report. So even though we would like to see Rebecca stay longer, and fellowship and have a good time. We understand you got good news. Therefore, you may leave. When we have good news for our fellow men, we tend to get excited about it. We can't wait until we find them to tell them the good news. And we don't want anything to hold us back. And sometimes it is so good, you're running to find whoever it is. So you can tell them about it. Our church in the Dominican Republic was praying for a church bus. For at least a year or so, we needed a, an extra church bus. But I had no money to buy it. So Jimmy and I, we put a video together. My wife graciously put it on Facebook. She was promoting the uh, church in the DR, needed a church bus. And a good pastor friend of mine, and also his wife, good friend with, good friend with my wife, heard about if you would the need. And a Sunday night, he called me. It was about 10 o'clock at night. He says, Baze, tomorrow I would like to present you video to our church people. I have no idea what, what they will do. But he says, do you best send it to me tonight, and I'll show it to, to our people. So in the middle of the night, we worked diligently through technology, as our brother mentioned, going to Zambia. We're able to get the video to him within 30 minutes. And so the next day, he showed the video to his church people. And so uh, the church committed, uh, it was a uh, $15,000 project. So the church committed to give us $7,500. And then the, uh, Brother Justice Snow said, this, this, is, this is not it, because I got more for you. I said, what is it? He says, a businessman in our neighborhood who heard about this project that we're working on, and he decided to give us the other half of what you needed for the bus. My brothers and sisters, you never seen a black man so excited in your life. <laughs> oh yeah, I did the Scooby-Doo, you know. Uh, you know, I mean, I was, I was dancing. Oh yeah, I was, I was, I was uh, so excited. And then quickly, I, I called my wife and tell her about it. And then I, and it was, you know, I was in the, in the U.S. on the trip. And I told beloved, I said, when I come Sunday, I'm going to tell them about it. Well, believe it or not, my wife is more excited than I am. When I got home, I found everybody with a green smile on their faces and excitement. I said, what is it? They said, the church boss. I said, huh, I, get, I bet you my wife could not wait until I get home, huh? <laughs> you see, when you get something that is so excited in your soul and your heart, good news. You can't wait to tell people about it. Nothing can hold you back. 
You are biting bit not bit, bits. You, 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 want, you want to uh, move everything out of your path, out, out of your way, because you want to tell the good news. Another uh, story is uh, 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 one of my, if you would, Bible college uh, uh, teachers, HAC. This very moment, I was raising money for motorbikes. You would know what motorbikes is from Zambia. So we needed about 10 of those for various ministries, some in Haiti, some in the Dominican Republic. And so we also needed a well to be, to be dug or uh, dig uh, in our church properties in the Dominican Republic. And as uh, 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 brother, I believe, Neil preached uh, Wednesday night, we had no money, but all we have is faith. And so we uh, got on our knees and our face and just prayed, uh, uh, Lord, we, we need $8,000 for this well. Uh, Lord, we need X amount of money uh, for these, if you would, um, uh, uh, motorbikes. And then so out of nowhere, in fact, uh, uh, Brother Ray Young and I, we, we don't have any relationship. Out of nowhere, he called me. He says, Bez, is this Bez? I said, yes, sir, it's Bez. He says, this is Ray Young. And my man, I said, well, what do you want? <laughs> it's been 20 years. We don't, we don't ever talk. We, we, we don't know each other. And he says, Biz, I've heard about what you're doing. And he says, the Lord put in my heart, I, I believe he wants me to help you. He says, what are some of the needs you have? I say, well, are you sure you want me to tell you? And then as I got a list, he said, why did you give me the list? I said, on the top of the list, I told him the uh, well and the, if you would, uh, motorbikes. And he says, well, I got some good friends, Biz. He says, be praying about it. He says, give me a little bit of time. He says, let me get in touch with him. I'll get back with you. Well, about a month went by, I never heard from him, and I thought, oh, well, whatever. And I gave up hope. And two months later, he called me. He says, Biz, I have a friend of mine, I just talked to him, and he, he decided to donate the money for the well. I said, are you serious? He said, oh, yeah. He says, that's not it. He also wanted help in getting some of those uh, motorbikes. Again, I start doing Scooby-Doo. You know, praise God, you know, you know, you know, you know, just do it all, you know, the whole way, you know. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm dancing in my office, you know, and then my secretary is thinking, what is he doing? And I say, mm-hmm, yeah. You know, God is good, you know. And so, and, and it, when, when, I, when I was done, I could not wait to call our church guy and say, hey, we got the money for the well. Then called Haiti. I said, hey, I said, this month you got some money coming for the uh, uh, motorbikes that you guys needed. What I'm saying is this. When you, when, you, when you got good news, you cannot wait until, if you would, to share it. Now, Mark 16, 15 is a well-known passage in the Bible. But before we read verse 16, I want you to go with me in verse 14. Mark 16, 14. I want you to read that with me and see what happened after the Lord Jesus rose from the dead. This is what the Bible said, Mark 16, 14. Afterward, he appeared unto the eleven, as they sat at meat and abraded them with their unbeliefs and hardness of heart, because they believed not them 
which had seen him after he was risen. So what he's saying is this, Jesus rose from the dead. Unfortunately, the news about him uh, rising from the dead was not well accepted by his disciples. And the problem is, it's, it's, it's difficult to get somebody excited in something they don't believe in. It's difficult to get someone spread, if you would, something that they, 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 they cannot prove that is true. So, the Bible says there is a work that Christ did, I believe in verse 12, in the heart, in the life, in the mind, in the soul of the apostles to get them excited about the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. In verse, if you would, uh, 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 um, 12. After that he appeared in, uh, well, let's, let's go up to uh, 10. And she went and told them that had been with him, that is the disciples, and they mourned and wept. And they, when they heard, had heard that he was alive and had been a seen of her, believe not. So this Mary, I believe Magdalene, went to the sepulcher and then found out that Jesus' body was not there. The angel met her. And then afterward, Christ himself showed up and spoke unto her. Remember, when you're so excited about something, you cannot wait to tell someone about it. And she was so happy, she believed that the apostles of Christ will be happy, will be excited to know that Jesus Christ is no longer dead, but he is alive, he is well, he is living, he defeated death, he is sitting at the throne of Christ, God in heaven. And so he ran back to tell these guys, hey, the master is alive. But they did not believe her. In verse 12, two guys were working together, and the Bible says, in a different way, a Christ showed up and then meet with those two guys on their way to some particular, if you would, city, as he talked, and if you would, and communicate with them. And then the Bible said that he opened up the scripture, their mind, their heart, and then they began to really realize and understood they were talking to, with actually the resurrected Christ himself. And then men, when, 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 when their eyes opened, they, they realized who they were talking with, and then he vanish away from their sight. Listen, folks, they could not sit where they were. There, there was some excitement in their soul. There, there were, if you would, uh, if you would uh, feel with joy, men, they can't believe it. They got good news. They must go back. They must find the other pastors and to tell them, it is true. Christ is alive. He is not dead. In fact, the Bible says they left that place that very night. But they didn't believe. That is why it was essential, it was necessary for Christ himself to show up and then, and then let those guys see him with their own eyes and touch him and eat with him. And the Bible says that he rebuked them for their unbeliefs. In other words, uh, they, they, he had to do something and remove that unbelief in their soul. Come on, guys. I told you about this before I died. I, I, I prophesied. I told you I was going to be crucified and buried and worse from the dead. I, I, I told you about what, what the old prophets have said. I came to fulfill, if you would, that which was prophesied about the Christ. I told you I am the Messiah. Now look at my hands. Look at my, 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 my side. Look at me. I'm alive and, 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 and forevermore. And he says, now get excited about it and go out there and tell somebody about Christ. 
You see, the Lord himself had to show up and open the mind and the heart and the spirit, the understanding of the disciples of the fact that they had something they needed to spread to the world. According to Acts chapter 10, verse 42, the good news about the Lord Jesus is that he is the one who was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and the dead. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 to 11, every child grown up in the Christian life, no doubt, has memorized this verse. He says, let this man be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name, which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee I shall uh, bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. What he's saying is this, there is a reason why God rose Jesus Christ from the dead. It is through his name, the Bible says, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. I believe we in the state understand exactly what it means for somebody to have cancer. And the cancer began to eat their body. And the cancer obviously is a threat to their lives. Now they normally will go, if you would, to the doctors and uh, to the medical and try to find, if you would, any uh, 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 amount of help that they can uh, in, in order for them to fight this cancer in their body. And I believe you will believe, you will agree with me, and the, uh, uh, the, the one who has cancer, and so when the cancer gets into his body, uh, I believe you will agree with me, there's a great uh, a level of distress, fear in their soul, in their heart and mind. There's a great level, if you would, of pain and discomfort as they are, if you were dealing with this uh, cancer issue. But many times, after fighting this cancer for sometimes months and weeks, and then they go, if you would, back to, uh, if you would, the uh, uh, doctor, and they uh, do a test, if you would, for them, at least to uh, check to see what level they are, where, if you would, this, uh, if you would, problem is in their lives or in their body. And then uh, the doctor sometimes cannot believe it. A lot of times it's uh, Christians and believers that are praying for loved ones who's got cancer, who, where, where their doctor has had already uh, given them, if you would, uh, a limited amount of time to leave. And then when they discover that this cancer is no longer in their body, they said that the cancer is in remission. That's good news. That's good news. 
And that one uh, who has been given, if you this news, uh, when you get, normally when they get home, they pick up the phone, say, Pastor, look, the, the doctor says the cancer is in remission. Uh, they will call their friends. They will say, hey, I want you to rejoice with me. I got good news. Uh, hey, I no longer have cancer. Are you listening to me? And so uh, Jesus, hey, listen to me. He is, the Bible says, uh, the one who brought remission to sin to the human race. That's good news. That means every human born in this earth is, the Bible says, a sinner. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. As, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. For the wages of sin is a death. As it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. What he's saying is this, that there is a problem in this, if you would, uh, human race in which we live. Uh, the problem has to do with sin. Understand uh, that uh, we, 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 on a daily basis, uh, are being bombarded by the news. Uh, they want to show you that the problem is uh, with the government. The problem is with this particular country. The problem is with this person, but you and I know underneath all of that, the root problem is sin. And there's good news. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 36, the Bible says, therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. In other words, Jesus had to show up and then let the apostles see him, get them excited. Look, you got the good news. You got the cure to the sinful nature of human race in which you live. And now you know the truth. You see me alive. I'm not dead. I'm up in the heaven. Anybody who call him my name, I'll give them eternal life up. And you can see it now. Get out there and tell somebody about it. Good news. After the apostle, if you were a man in heart and soul and spirit, if you will open up, uh, are you listening to me? In the book of Acts, you can see uh, how Peter was preaching the gospel, joy, if you would fl flood, if you would, the communities and flood the soul, the heart, and the mind of men. Uh, uh, Paul and prison, no matter where he was, as he gave this good news up, uh, you can see the joy and the gladness that come to the soul, to the heart of the human race. Good news. Quickly, I believe tonight there are several things, if we're not careful, as Christians and believers, that will hinder us from spreading the good news. The, if you were the servant said, hinder me not. In other words, I got something so good, so wonderful. I, I cannot wait to tell my master about it. Please don't make me stay longer. Let me go. We need to be so busy, so active, so excited, we cannot wait. Regardless if it's through mission, I'm saying is, if you're too old, may I say, uh, your age does not allow you to go. Uh, because you are, uh, uh, may I say, uh, a, a saint of Christ that's been at this thing for maybe 40, 50, maybe 60 years. Maybe you cannot get on the plane to go, but listen now, but there's something else you can do. Maybe you are a little child and you understand that you got some good news. And you're too young, your mom, your, mom, your daddy would not allow you to get in the plane to go spread this good news. But there's something else you could do. Let nothing hinder you quickly. One of the things that will hinder us from spreading the good news is unbeliefs. We do not believe those who are testifying about the greatness of what God is doing in their country. 
Did you hear what our brother said tonight? How God is moving in the country of Zambia. He's not speaking, if you would, uh, f- from reading a book. He's, he's speaking from living in the country, comparing it to the way it was, if you would, and up to, to, to compare to today. He is speaking, if you from the experience of seeing churches and Christians, believers praying that God will open up that door. Now he's saying, now, at this moment, it is open. But yet there are some who do not believe. And that will hinder you from spreading the good news. I was riding on the bus from Port-au-Prince on my way to St. Mark. I was wore out that day. It was a 13-hour trip. I had already been 10 hours in this trip. And, and to be honest with you, I was so tired. That I, I got inside this bus, and I just laid my head and tried to take a nap. As a bus, if you would take off, a foul-mouthed young man stood up and began to just tell the filthiest, vilest jokes you could ever hear in your life. Trying to get everybody in the bus excited on wicked things. As I sat there, it's, it's almost like the Holy Spirit uh, kind of kicked me because I'm tired. I don't want to speak. I, I'm out. You're going to let this foul mouth fella outdo you? Amen. Now, he, he doesn't have any good news. You know, he's got bad news. He's spreading it. You know, after the guy shut his mouth and then and sit down and man, I jumped up and I said, I got some good news. <laughs> Amen. And I preached the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. As I shared the gospel, and to my amazement, I gave the invitation. Two ladies in the bus bowed their heads and called on Christ for their salvation. And when they finished, then they rebuked me. You know why they rebuked me? They said, Pastor, you had this wonderful news, words in your heart the whole time. And you let this fella filthify our spirit and soul and thinking, you should have been the one forced to speak. I was here recently in New Jersey visiting a good friend of mine, a solid white Baptist. T.J. Bradbury and I, me and Stephen, we went out soul winning on the street trying to spread the good news up. And here in the U.S., listen, as the brother said earlier, it still works. The gospel of the Lord Jesus is the power of God and salvation. It doesn't matter if you are across the ocean, if you would, or here in the state, it still works. So as I walk on the street and find these two ladies, uh, my son standing next to me up uh, and then opening the Bible and showing them the gospel, the good news up. Uh, I could not believe it. As they, after they called on Christ, they were so happy. You should have seen their face. And then they were thinking me. There should be more people like you out here doing this. Stephen is right there as a witness. Good news. What's the good news? They found forgiveness for their sins. They found eternal life in Christ, if you were Jesus. Now, they're no longer going to hell. They are going to go to heaven. Uh, quickly, I got five minutes up. I, I'm, I'm saying tonight, do you believe there's a heaven? Do you believe there is a hell? In Acts chapter 5, I believe it was uh, Stephen, uh, as the Bible said, uh, he was preaching the name of Jesus. And these mobs came up on him, uh, if you would, as a way to persecute him. Uh, and they overcame him, uh, and they were stoning him to death. Uh, but while he was on his knees, uh, the Bible said he lifted up his I saw the heavens and the heavens open up. And you saw the Son of God, Jesus Christ, if you would, Almighty. What I'm saying to you tonight is, my goodness, I have never seen a mission conference so well put together. 
It's fun, it's enjoyable. My goodness, the spirit is wonderful. But at the same time, we need to look beyond earth and see heaven. Because otherwise, we're not going to get excited about sharing the gospel. You, you, you will only share what you're excited about. But if Christ is dead, he's not alive. If he's just simply a story, if he's not mighty, he is the engine of the gospel. He's the heart of Christianity. He lives on high. He's not dead. He's aware of what is going on in the church. He knows what's going on in China. He knows what's going on in Zambia. He knows what's going on in, in, in India. He knows what's going on if you would in Haiti. He's a heart if you would have mission. We serve the risen Savior. And so we must, if you would, remove all, if you would, abstraction that keep us from seeing and see Christ. Do you believe there is a hell? If you would look chapter 16, the time is running. I don't have the time to go to the outline. But do you understand? A man is crying. A man is in pain and he died and he, the Bible says, lifted up and when he woke up, he, he is in hell burning. Do you ever read Acts chapter 17 where there is, if you would, I, I believe a, a, a lady chasing the apostle Paul and in, 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 in Apollos who was with him. As they were preaching the gospel, and this lady was demonic possessor, and the demons of hell can point their finger at this man, says, these are the men that knows the ways of salvation. In other words, they can show you the path that will lead you to eternal life, to the Son of God. In other words, what he's saying is this, yes, there is a heaven, there is also a hell. But if you and I don't believe that, we're not going to spread the good news. Why, why, why bother? Why, why, if I don't get excited, I will be hindered by my own unbeliefs, by my own, if you would, hardness of heart, because my mind is too carnal. I can only see the physical. I'm only looking at things based on the earth. Folks, in my conclusion, look, I, I believe what Rebecca family asks is noble. Give her 10 days with us. There's nothing wrong with that. She's going away forever. They will never see her again. But when it's time to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, don't let anything stop you from preaching the gospel of Christ. Amen. That's what they said. There's a time for everything. There's a time for fellowship. There's a time to play hockey. There's a time to play basketball. There's a time to go fishing. There's a time for us to play domino. There's a time for me and my wife to have a date. There's a time. Those are noble things to do. And we must do them. We must enjoy them because we're alive. And then there's a time, if you would, uh, to, and may I say, uh, spend a wonderful fellowship time with your family. If as a preacher I will tell you, don't do that, that means I went crazy, cuckoo, because I do the same thing myself. But understand what he's saying. Hinder me not. Don't keep me from going back to give this good news. Hey, the mission is a success. He's a woman. God was with me. Praise the Lord. Hey, man. You know, this, this guy is excited. That's what the Bible is saying to you tonight. We have the good news. But if we're going to spread it, we and our heart need to ask the Lord, our heart.
from unbeliefs, from hardness. Our mind, carnally speaking, help us to see beyond the materialistic things of earth. Help us to see Christ. Help us to see heaven. Help us to see hell. Help us to see what we truly do and will make a difference in eternity. That will get you excited. That will cause you to be so happy that nobody can keep you from preaching the Lord Jesus because you know what you're given is the good news of salvation. Would you please bow your heads and close your eyes and let's pray. Father, thank you so much. Tonight, for the good news that we have, 